Hi and welcome to the Chad Show podcast. I'm Chad, your host. We are going to listen to a special program right now. I hope you are blessed by these programs. You can find me on your favorite podcast platform. You can find access to them to these podcasts on Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, Spotify, and on YouTube. I will link each in the description box below. All you need to do is to type in the search bar of Google and type in the Chat Show Podcast. Alright, now let's go to the podcast and I'll see you there. Aloha. my iPad, I don't have the luxury of using my outfit at work at home where I have multiple streets where I can see you, who's checking in, what I'm presenting and something else, right? So, uh, I, uh, I don't want to start before we uh, get everyone, but uh, it's been a great quarter, uh, yes. present truth. I, I, hope, a lot of, I hope people uh, that have studied have gotten the present truth element out of it. Because uh, mm. if not, then you, you, you're just doing a Bible, a normal Bible science <laughs> study. And so mm. the important thing out of every land, and especially today, is to get the present truth. The truth for us who are living in the present time that is coming out of the lesson. And then uh, next quarter, we get on to Hebrews. The Hebrews, if, yes. if, you, if you think that Deuteronomy is heavy, wait until you touch Hebrews <laughs> as far as present truth. So we are going to be, you know, I mean, today people still uh, not sure who wrote, whether Paul wrote it or not. I mean, Ellen White um, definitely identifies Paul as the writer of Hebrews. But a lot of folks, uh, you know, uh, kind of doubting that. But I think that's besides the point. We know the real author is the Holy Spirit. Whether it's Paul or Saul or, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the You know, I, I, I hear people, you know, yeah, you know, I you say, folks, don't let the devil distract you with even this, I mean, interesting study that you carry on, but you're missing the point. The Holy Spirit is the author. And so you treat it with the same sanctity and same sacredness and respect as you would any other book of the Bible. So, uh, yeah, so I just had to, I'm looking forward to that lesson. But, um, I'm not yeah. sure whether is Keller in? Does anyone know? Uh, not yet. Um, okay, let's. I think let's let's begin because it's uh, two oh eight, and um, you know because I know it's uh, sunset is early, so I want you guys to be ready, ready to go to the Tongan Church when they they start. They might start. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. So let's bow our heads for Monday, God Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful Sunday, even though we are apart. Even though uh, we are only connected electronically, Father, we know that the Holy Spirit connects us in a more powerful way. Amen. The blood of Jesus. And Father in heaven, we, in his name, Jesus' name, we ask, Father, that you grant us the agency of the Holy Spirit so that he will teach us, enlighten us, straighten us, correct us, Father, and most of all, Father, allow us to share your word and 
most importantly, Father, to obey your word exactly and joyfully. This is our desire. Ask all these things, please, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The resurrection of Moses, I uh, will go through that very quickly, the, you know, the, the history of it. The, um, and a lot of us are fairly familiar, but it's good to be reminded. Um, Deuteronomy is where we kind of get the feel for it. It's a very, just one verse. It simply says in verse 9, Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not, dared not bring against him, bring against the devil, a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. What can you get from this verse, folks? Just the first one, just when you read it. Thoughts. Uh, there was a, what do you call that? There was an argument or a challenge uh, between God and Satan uh, over Moses. Over the body of Moses, amen? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean? So there are two parts there. One, there was a dispute or there was a, 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 a disagreement um, and some accusation was flying to and from, uh, really from one direction. They disputed about the body of Moses. Stopping right at that portion there. What do you mean when we hear, when we read the phrase, the body of Moses, what does it mean? He died, right? Yeah, he passed away. That he yeah. yeah. That he this, passed argument, away. this argument was happening when Moses is dead. So Moses is not aware of this argument. Mm. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's very important to know this. You know why the, the present proof in that phrase is this. If the Lord decides that one of us or some of us will go to sleep before he comes back, mm. praise be to God. Whether dispute happens, <laughs> whether it's between human beings or between the devil and God again over us, irrelevant. But we know who is going to win. Let me say that one more time. The present truth here is that the first death is no obstacle for a true believer who's given his life to God. Amen. Amen. But look at this. And it says that Michael dared not bring against the devil an accusation. Why not? That's not how God operates. Rephrase it. You have the right rephrase the words that you, you, you're using. Oh. Who is speaking, the judge or the accuser? The judge? The judge. Jesus is not the accuser. Right? See, he says, it's, my, it's not my job to accuse you, but it's my job to judge you. And me as a judge, and I will identify myself now not as Michael anymore, but the Lord rebuke you for making such an accusation. That's mm. awful. If the Lord decides that some of us or one of us is going to lie on the ground, remember, the judge is on your side. Amen. Also known as Michael. Amen. Also known as Jesus 
Emmanuel. Amen. 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 It's, 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 a very little, it's a very little verse, but you know, when you read deeply into it and allow the Holy Spirit to enlighten your eyes, you see this thing coming out. Huh. Okay. Jude identifies the archangel as Michael. We know other verses that identify the archangel the same way. But here it goes beyond the, the archangel. It says, I will not speak to you like an accuser. That's why I will not dare accuse you, because that, as you said, uh, Simolo, it's not how he operates. In fact, that's below his pay scale to accuse. Mm. It's below his pay scale. Mm. His job is to judge, because remember he says, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. That's my role. And, and you know, he, Amen. he did not ask the, the devil to defend himself. Why? Because Jesus said, the devil has already been identified by God as the what? The father of what, folks? Father of lies. Lies. Father of lies. So he, he's already been identified. That's proven beyond that. So whatever comes out of, 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 the, word, of, 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 of the devil's mouth, the, the Lord says, I rebuke because I know who you are. I know how you operate. I can I can even see your heart before you even speak, Satan. I mean, it's, you're dealing with a being here who's all-seeing, but most of all, you know, folks, remember this, all-loving. All-powerful, yet all-loving. All-knowing, yet all-loving. Amen. Amen. Whatever God does, love does not disappear from himself because that's who he is. Even when he's given the final judgment of for the extermination, I use that word very, very carefully, or for the destruction of sin and sinners, he is still agape God. Why am I driving this point across? Folks, we need to trust him even during the most difficult periods of our lives. When you feel that God has left you, remember what I said before? We need to go through our experience of Gethsemane. Like Jesus did, John the Baptist did, you and I need to go through that point where it feels as if God has abandoned us, but we know better. He has not. We know better. He's still loving. We know better. No one can love us more than God himself. So therefore, we will trust him, even when it's the pain in our bodies, the pain in our minds, whatever it is, is just bearing down heavily on us. We will still trust in the Lord. Amen. So I've just answered that. What was the dispute with her? about between Michael and the devil. You know, as you know, the devil, only thing out of his mouth is... Lies. See, he mixes the truth mm. with lies. That's how he operates, right? So he's, he's, he's claiming that Moses was a sinner. True or false? True. True. What? So... Where did he go wrong? What claim did he make that proved that he was a liar? 
God forgave him. When he claimed that he does not belong in heaven, because basically he's saying, even you, God, don't have the power to forgive him of his sins. Wow. See, that's his claim. Did he know that Moses was forgiven? Yes, he does. But he's challenging God's right to forgive some, forgive a sin. That's why Michael, the archangel, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation to counter that argument. All he just said, the Lord rebuke you. Who is the Lord speaking here? Michael. Who is Michael? John 1? How is Michael at the name there? What, what, what name does Michael have in John chapter 1, verse 1? Uh, light. Verse 1. Oh, the word. The word. So here when he says, the Lord rebuke you, my word has already rebuked you. John 3, 16. For God the Father so loved the world that he gave me the Son, also known as the Word, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish like you're claiming Satan, but have eternal life, everlasting life. I just love the way the Word of God meshed together like somebody, you know, meaning I, I, I always watch my wife when she does, when she braids her own hair, or my daughter's hair, or my granddaughter's hair. I, I, I see that we, that it comes by experience. You've got to be experienced to, to kind of do what they do. And they do it so fine. I'm watching it and I'm saying, man, the word of God, it's like in the, in the head of the Holy Spirit, it's like somebody putting them together in a way that they just mesh so beautifully, so lovingly, and so accurately. So where do we next see Moses? And is he dead or alive? Alive. In the Bible. Where was that? Uh, Mount Transfiguration. Mount of Transfiguration. Mount of Transfiguration. Wow. Talk to me a little bit about that. What did Jesus just say before that, before he took them up into the mount? That's a verse that has always confused a lot of people. They, they, some of them even say that that verse means that the Bible cannot be trusted because he, Jesus made a claim there. What did he say just before he took the three up? He says, some of you who are standing here today will see the Lord come, in, come back in his glory, right? Uh -huh. Remember that? Yeah. Okay, if you... Uh, <coughs> and it's okay, if you doubt me, you can check the Bible. <laughs> right. That's what he made. A lot of people say, nobody there is alive. So when he comes back the second time, you know, these people, will, you know, uh, are not going to be the ones to see him there. But who was, Jesus, who was Jesus talking about? The three that went up with him? They saw his glory of the second coming because they saw him and the, the first fruit and the fruits, not the, not the first fruit, now the resulting fruits of the first fruit, Elijah, those who are translated without facing death, and <clears throat> Moses, those who are resurrected to get to heaven. Amen. 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 Any questions, any comment, anyone have any concerns? You know, um, when 
you're talking about when Jesus and Satan was contending with Moses. And, I mean, yeah, was contending with Moses. You know, when Jesus was here on earth, the same with the Pharisees as they were trying to place the false accusations on Jesus. But Jesus always does, did everything by the word. Yeah, remember what he said to, not against to Lucifer, during the temptation of the 48 days of fasting. What did he say? Man shall not live by what? Bread alone. But by? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, you know, you know the most powerful word in that last phrase. Uh, <laughs> word that comes from every, every yes, every word that comes. Okay. Every. Mm. Without that word, every the word, the the word word after it yeah. does not carry the same power. Okay, that's what what Jesus is saying. So every word means even when it does not make sense to you. But because the Lord says it, it's good enough for you. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Somebody recite it for me, please. Okay, you can check your Bible. <laughs> um... What does the Bible say? Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, that's what faith is. We don't need to see to know that it's evident. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's... So that's basically, goes right back to the days of Noah. When Noah said it was going to rain, you think it made sense to the people that heard him? No, it didn't make sense. They didn't say, what is rain? Oh, what is going to come from the sky? What has never come from the sky? What has always come from the earth, from the dew? And we're getting the same sentiment today. People are saying, it's going to be the same. It's pandemic will come and go. Uh, the floods, the, the dry spells will come and go. Yeah, he'll come again. But Ellen G. White says that when Jesus comes, even the rivers flow in a different direction. Just before he comes. The rivers flow in a different direction. Can you imagine? <laughs> you're looking. And so what are you going to say? Well, I, I think I'm dreaming. When you see that. You see, faith has to be exercised now so that when things like that happen, you know the hand of God is working things. And you just got to step back and say, Lord, thy will be done. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen, Chad. Amen. Alrighty. What would have become of Moses and Elijah if Jesus had decided against going to the cross? Remember, L.E.G.Y. tells you that conversation that was happening between the three, the two, Moses and Elijah, were encouraging him. They knew that the Gethsemane was coming up. That's where the final decision whether he was going to go ahead with it or not is going to be made in, in, in Gethsemane. So they were encouraging him. 
So the question here then is, what would have become of Moses and Elijah if Jesus had decided against going to the cross? What would have been? Any thoughts? Elijah, if Jesus had decided... Wow, would they have had to leave heaven? If, if Jesus had decided not yeah. to, yeah, yeah, not to go to the cross. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're already in heaven, right? You, you see right. They're already in heaven. Yeah. Think about that possibility. I mean, we know that Jesus does but can you imagine the possibility of that, that what would have happened? Everyone... You see, the, the forgiveness was provisional, mm-hmm. based on it was going to be sealed or ratified when Jesus finally died on the cross because he would be the true lamb mm. that died for our sins. Amen? Amen? They knew that. And they said, our position here in heaven is tenuous. Why? Until you die for us on the cross, Lord, we do not belong here. Both of them. Even um, Enoch too, right? Anyone that's gone there is on the basis yeah. that they've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. And before Jesus died on the cross, all the forgiveness prior to that had been on a provisional basis. Wow. Amazing. Now, has Jesus died on the cross or not, folks? Uh, sorry, what was that again? Has, the, has Jesus died on the cross? Yes. 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 No yes. Longer, so forgiveness is no longer provisional. The question to you and I, who have come to life, have come to existence on the other side of the cross, on the side of the cross, is what are you waiting for? Plus, mm-hmm. the true sacrifice has been has been made on Calvary. Why waitest thou? Come ye and be saved. Amen. 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 Who alone has the power? To, Amen. Who alone has the power to save? Only Jesus. Why? Because of His death on the cross, and um, He, I guess He stepped in place for us. You know. Okay. So explain to me how He brought Lazarus back from the dead even though he had not died on the cross. Because his word is power? Okay. Which means that the power alone has the power to raise the dead. Jesus has. Why? Because he has the power to create and recreate. Through his word. He just speaks. But with us, we know, praise be to God, we're special. I, I sometimes misspeak and say we're, we're spoiled. Instead of him just speaking us into existence, he decided, no, I'm going to form my image, my likeness in my hands first. Then I'm going to breathe into him or her the breath of life, and they shall become living souls. Creative power is the same power that God uses to recreate us anew in his image. Made possible. Recreation in God's image is only made possible by his death on the cross, definitely. But the power to do both is still the same. 
through his word. How's your study life? How's your study life, folks? 2021 is coming to a close. As we move into 2022, time to rev it up a few notches. Get into super drive in your study of the word. And I'll say it one more time. If you can, memorize that memorize verses. It's amazing how the Lord has used the verses that is, the very few verses that he's allowed me to memorize to encourage me in some of my trying times. You know, I wonder why am I, am I memorizing this? You know, it sounds good, but it has not applied to me. Man, oh man. The Lord will take me to a place where the words that I've memorized, the Lord said, well, now you understand why I've asked you, I want you to memorize those verses. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. You know, I heard somebody say, you know, it's uh, not that important to memorize memorize verses. Remember, Jesus once said to his disciples, I will, when I send you out and you meet with someone, they ask you a question, I will what? Bring to your memory, the Holy Spirit will bring to your memory what I have said to you. The only way that Jesus speaks to us is through his word. Folks, please do not do not be mistaken that you'll start to remember them. You've got to make a constant effort to memorize. Why? Because the only way to truly memorize God's word is to obey them and keep them. It becomes easier. It becomes easier to memorize. I was trying to figure out how come I'm trying to Memorize his verses and his not. I wasn't obeying them. I was not living up to the light that God has shown them. The moment I start to walk into the light, memory becomes better. Amen. 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 Okay, let's move on. Um, who is Michael? What does the name Michael mean, folks? Anyone study that? What did you find out? Is it light bearer? No. Is what? Is light bearer? No. Light bearer? No, light. Light bearer? No. Light? No. No. Okay. Anyone else? One who is like God. Okay, it's actually, you're right, but it's a question. Who is like God? In fact, more correctly translated, the question should be, who else can be like God but Michael? And that I mean, you know about him. So anyone who's named Michael is, is basically challenging. If everyone that knows the name, who is like God, except the one who's standing, the one who's called by this name. So the name is that question. Can you imagine, hey, what's your name? Who is like God? Excuse me? You asked for my name, right? Yes, I did. Well, my name is, who is like God? It's a question. The question to any doubting mind, anyone that wanted, wants to challenge the authority and the existence of God. That's what the name means. Who, who could be more like God than God the Son? Now do you understand why it's called God the Son? Because like Father, like Son. The image, you know, remember what he, what he told Philip? Philip said, uh, who is in God? No, how can you see God? What is God like? And what did Jesus tell him? Phil? 
how do you, why do you ask a question when you see me? Whoever has seen the Son has seen the Father. Who is like God? Who is like Father? But the Son. Amen. 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 So just, just remember that. It's a question. The name is a question itself. It's a very strange kind of name. Uh, in uh, Fijian, we have certain last names that are like that. That are like questions and they, it's not Arabic. They're very, the names are very assertive when they're put in a question in a question form. So what did we learn about Michael from our memory text in June 1? He was here. What was the, what was the title given to Michael June 1? At the beginning. Archangel, Archangel. Archangel right? Okay, Archangel. Very good. What does that mean? The one that's... Oh. Chief of Angels. The Chief of All Ages, right? Yeah. You know, there are... So how many levels are there in heaven? That's the Divine. And there are what? Be careful. There's a lot of questions I'm asking you because it's very key. See, a lot of people have thought that there are three three levels in heaven. The Godhead, the Archangel, and then the angels. Why is that not correct? You still have, like, the beasts and the elders. Okay, you're talking about those who have, who have been... Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, why is it, why is placing the archangel below God and above the angels not, not correct? What differentiates God and the angels? God's the creator of the angels. Okay, and we as human beings, when we approach God, what do we do that angels will not accept, will not allow us to do to them? Worship. Worship or bow down to them. Correct. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. The work Archangels is kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's very sad. This is one of the, I would say one of the, not mistakes, but one of the weaknesses that the writers of the King James Bible did not foresee. By them using that terminology, Archangels instead of the chief of angels. Or the Lord of Angels, which is even better, right? Would have clarified all this thing from day one. But because they've used that, a lot of people have been misled to thinking that there's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the archangels, you know, in other words, and then they say, you know, Satan was gone, so now he's replaced by Gabriel, right? No, there's only two levels in heaven God and the angels. Archangels will never allow any other angels or human beings, or created beings, to bow down to them. Even the beast will not bow down to the angels. The only ones who will be worshipped and be bowed down to God. is God. So if, the, if a man is bowing down to the archangel, we know that 
the archangel in quotes is not the not not just an archangel he's god himself so, isn't it amazing how god put that check bell check in the bible itself for us to clarify this matter because if he hadn't done that if he if if the bible was not did not include you know times when joshua tried to bow down and you know he was allowed to and sometimes you know other people tried to bow down and they were not allowed to if they were not included in the bible we'd be having this argument until kingdom come but god is so good he places his gems in the bible to say okay okay you no matter how you translate this word even though you've translated it not so correctly by calling michael an archangel when he's really the lord angel right is the lord lord of angels not lord angel the lord of angels and remember the word angel really means what folks messenger god's messenger Makes sense. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I can, I, even though I'm in Hilo, I can I can hear the, the silence coming from uh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's just an important thing to to, to realize this, folks. Uh, not so much just from a theological point. Uh, we have to, you know, after this, spend time in reading. Portions in the Bible that in, that included Michael, that that Michael was involved in, and I think we we're going to go into uh, that a little bit here. So, what did Moses learn about the angel of the Lord at the burning bush? Right. So, Exodus three, two and four, we know this, right? And the angel, capital A, of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So when the Lord saw that so that he turned aside to look, God called to him, excuse me, from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So who spoke to Moses from the burning bush? Verse 2 says what? Who, is, who spoke? The oh, angel God, of the Lord. Lord. Right? Now verse 4 says what? <coughs> so when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, are these two different people that appeared and spoke? No. No. Absolutely. You're correct. You've passed, folks. If I had the right to stop the Bible study now, I would have stopped it just to give you, uh, you know, like, like time off, but I cannot. It's Bible study time is in God's, God's time, right? <laughs> yeah. But perfect. Perfect. Yes. And this is what, this is the good thing about the Bible. You gotta read it carefully to, to just in the maybe in one or two verses later it clarifies the first question, the, the question that you had in, in, in the previous question that, that the previous verse that raised the question initially. Moses was told to take off his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. Ah Ooh, what does the verse the Bible say where two or three are gathered in my name? What? Um, there will be in the midst. There he is in the midst. So, folks, isn't that holy ground? Amen. Food for thought, amen? amen. Uh, when you get together for prayer meetings, it's not nothing less than a church service. 
where two or three are gathered in my name, whether it's in church, a prayer meeting, or just as you're going shopping. And you, you gather together in his name. He is there. You are on holy ground. Let us be circumspect how we walk, how we talk, how we handle matters. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the stillness. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk in the shadow of the veil of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. with me. So if he's with me, the reason that I should not fear God is because if I accept the fact that he's walking with me, I'm on holy ground with him. Amen. 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 How does Paul connect the archangel to the resurrection? First Thessalonians four sixteen. We know this verse. Very it is a what I would call a second uh, seven day event. This verse: For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Right? Imagine if this was changed. Now that we understand the word archangel is there. Maybe not the best. With the voice of the Lord of angels, right? And with the trump of God, with the voice of God, the dead in Christ shall rise. Makes that verse even clearer, right? Than the way that is phrased. Voice of an archangel can separate, well, can lead to the misunderstanding that the archangel is different from. Especially now that the archangel is spelled with a small a, right? It's the same word that's used as archangel in Jude 1 9. In Jude 9, verse 9. Only one chapter in Jude. The same, the same uh, Greek word is used here as it's used in in uh, Jude, but it's capitalized in one and not capitalized in the other. You see what I'm saying? Have they uh, thought about it more carefully? Easy for us now. Like you know, I, I, I'm not criticizing the writers of the King James. I'm just saying that we are able now to stand on their shoulders to look further than they have with the leading of the same Holy Spirit that led them to write what they wrote. Nothing to belittle them at all. We are thankful to God for, the, for those 80 or so theologians, Hebrew and, and Greek experts who trans, you know, uh, uh, interpreted the, the Bible, uh, uh, transcribed it from Hebrew to English, Greek to English, and then swapped just to make sure that they were doing it correctly. I mean, they, they were meticulous. But even with that, as humans, we still have our, our weaknesses, right? So those of us who, are, who see better now should not be too proud. We just should thank the Holy Spirit for allowing us to stand on their shoulders and see further than they have done. Amen. 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 So who comes to resurrect Amen. those who are dead in Christ? The Lord himself, Jesus. Okay. I thought you guys would have answered the same one that resurrected, that called out Lazarus from the tomb. 
Because it, it's exactly the same way, right? It uses the same MO. So whenever I, people ask me, okay, who, who will, who will, uh, you know, who comes to resurrect those who are dead in Christ? The same one that called Lazarus out of the tomb. And in the same way that he called Lazarus out of the tomb. With the voice of God, with the trump of God. Question two, and what voice does he speak with? The voice of the archangel. The archangel's voice is really Jesus' voice, as we know now, that the translation should have been Lord of Angels. John describes the voice of the Son of Man, Jesus, as the one whose words speak life at the resurrection. Uh, in your Bible, very, very quickly go to John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. And here's Jesus speaking, and he says this, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto resurrection of life, unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So the voice of the archangel that brings resurrection is really the voice of Jesus, who has the divine power to resurrect the dead, i.e., as he did for Lazarus. How about the trump of God? What did Jesus say about that? Matthew 24, <coughs> speaking of his second coming, folks. Matthew 24, verse 31. Verse upon verse, line upon line. A little here and a little there. Verse, Matthew 24, verse 31. Anyone read that for us? Uh, I have it. Okay, go ahead. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, so... Paul has it right in our text here, in First Thessalonians, in our text here, it is Jesus who blows the trumpet, not Gabriel. The trump of God. Uh, what does Daniel say happens when Michael stands up at the beginning of chapter 12? Daniel 12, verses 1 and 2, this is what it says, I'll read. And at that time, Michael... And that time, and at that time, King James, shall Michael stand up, the great prince who standeth for the children of thy people. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. Verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting content. In other words, when Michael stands up at the end of time, he delivers his people by the mighty resurrection of the dead. The only way to reconcile this is to conclude that Michael is the Old Testament manifestation of Jesus, the Son of God. That's the only way you can, theologians have tried, and the only explanation that makes sense from a theological point of view is that Michael is just the Old Testament manifestation of Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. 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 How about this? This is another. This is another description of Michael, found in Revelation twelve seven. What does it say? It is what it says. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels.
go back to 12-7. So who is the leader of the angelic army of heaven? It's Michael again. But now he's portrayed as the leader of the righteous angels versus Lucifer, soon to be called Satan, and the fallen angels. Amen? One third. Two thirds and one third. So he's the leader of the two thirds righteous. This description in Revelation 12 gives us the earliest account of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. This is a starting point of the great war against God, and the leaders of opposing sides are Satan and Christ. The great controversy. This is the great controversy verse. Amen? But our text refers to the leader of the Lord's angels as Michael. If we carefully study this through the Bible, we will find as many Bible scholars have that Michael and Christ are just different manifestations of the same Son, capital S-O-N, the second person of the Godhead. Amen. 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 So who did, the last one is, who did Joshua see before the Battle of Jericho? Here we have it. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And so he said, No, but as commander of the arm of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his son? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Amen. 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 Almost a replica of what happened to Moses in the burning bush. Amen. Both of them bowed down and worshipped. Both of them were commanded to take shoes off their feet. Where they're standing is holy ground. Why? Why is where they were standing holy ground? Is because of the presence of the Lord, physically there. Physically there. That is why it's holy ground. Think about it, folks. When we when we ask the Lord to come and live in our hearts, do we really understand what we are asking? What does it mean when we ask the Lord to come and live in our hearts? How can we rephrase such a question? We say, Lord, come and live in my heart. Well, if he's living in your heart, then your heart's going to be holy. Okay, very good. And what does it mean? We want to be circumspect in how we behave, amen? Yeah. It, it's, uh, I, as I studied this lesson this week, I asked myself, Lord, man, I didn't know what I was asking for. didn't realize. Well, I, I knew, but I didn't realize the, the extent of what I'm asking for. And I'm asking you to come and live in my heart. Not just so that I can overcome sin, but Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to make me a holy vessel of honor for your honor and for your glory. That's what I'm asking. And so I ask myself, folks, do I really want that? I mean, do I really, really want that? Food for thought. Amen? Yes. Notice here is that verse. Joshua fell on his face and did the commander ask him not to butt out? No, he didn't. Therefore, the commander is what? Jesus. God. He's divine. Amen? Yeah. He's divine. He's God. He's a God. 
Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or that is in the earth below, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquities of the Father upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. <coughs> Praise be to God. Praise Amen. be to God. Amen. Questions, folks? Okay, very quickly, the sin of Moses, we know how he fails, right? So notice that the, uh, the folks asked for water on two occasions, and we all, we all know this, right? They asked for water on two occasions. The first time they asked for water to, uh, first time they asked for water, what did the Lord tell Moses? Uh, strike the rock. Strike the rock, and it'll bring out water. And did Moses do it? Yes. And did the water come out? Yes. Okay, yeah. second time. What happened? What did God command now Moses and Aaron? Speak to the rock. To speak to the rock, yeah. Speak to the rock. And what did they do? Hit the rock. Okay. 50% correct. He hit it twice. Very Struck good. It twice. No, very good. How is... Why is that sin so grievous? Oh, there. Let me introduce another one. Why was Moses and Aaron's disobedience on the second occasion of Isaac for water so grievous? And it basically cost them their right to, move, to go into Canaan. You understand that, right? This is why they couldn't get to Canaan. Both of them. Their sister just died, their older sister just died, and now the two brothers will not be able to take them up because of that. Why was it so, what was so great about, uh, not, uh, that's not a good word. What, what is so, uh, um, grievous? Yeah, grievous and oh, oh, horrible about the second, the second, or what they did second time. Talk to me, folks. Didn't the rock represent Christ? Okay. Okay, somebody's talking. Tell me. But they put themselves in the place of God. Okay, so, and then how did they do that? By hitting the rock instead of speaking to it. A lot of the folks there were mistaken that it was their power that did that, okay? But you mentioned, Keller, that they hit the rock twice. Why was that, why was that so grievous? How many times was Christ crucified? Once. once. Yeah. Okay. So, they ring it twice. Is Jesus does not need to die like the annual sacrifice over and over again. No. Once is enough. That's number one. Number two, folks, church leaders, Bible teachers, preachers, sometimes, sometimes, church members and I'm going to say this, excuse me for using the words that I'm going to say, but I need to drive this point across. Sometimes they will make you mad. And you will be tempted 
to allow your anger to surface when church members, other church members, don't do what is obviously right in front of them, the right thing. That's Moses in anger. Some might even say even in righteous anger. No, it was not righteous anger because it cost his cause him and his brother Aaron the right and the privilege to go into the promised land. Nothing can excuse you from disobeying God. Not even the disobedience of other people that have made you angry. I'll say amen for you. Yeah, amen. Nothing is an excuse for disobedience. God simply told them, speak what they should have said. By the word of the Lord, I command, boom, water to come out of this rock. Oh, in the name of the Lord. Right? That's, that's all they had to do. So the people that are listening know that it's God's power that is in, and that's allowed them, given them the power to bring rock, water out of the rock. Those are the sins of Moses, folks, and it cost these two brothers who had led patiently most of the time yes. from Egypt for 40 years in the wilderness, yes. right on the verge of the border to get, get into the promised land. God said, because of that, you will not go with them. Hmm. Folks, are there certain things that are happening in your life when you're trying to do God's work? that may surprise you and overcome you like Moses and Aaron were overcome back then. Yeah. And it just happened all of a sudden. It, it, that's the way the devil works. Yeah. The devil doesn't go like this. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to test you. Okay. Be ready. I'm coming. No. He watches you. I don't do it, uh, I read this somewhere where he says, even in our sleeping moments, he's watching us based on what you've done in the past, is crafting or devising how he's going to tempt you in your the next time you wake up. So the moment you wake up, he's ready. And, and you know, sometimes you go like, man, I, I did not know that. I reacted to me. That's why Jesus says, never let your anger you know, no. go down with you when you sleep, right? <laughs> go down with the sun. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of your system. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask, if, you can, if it's possible, ask your fellow brethren and sisters to forgive you. Amen? Look at how they were fine. Numbers 20:12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Wow. Oh, that's tough. Can you imagine? Right at the outset, right? And to make matters worse, they can see the promised land. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, think about this, folks. They've gone through the parting of the Red Sea. I mean, 
can you, I mean, you and I would love to have gone through that just to write about it or just to talk about it. They've gone through that. They've gone through 40 years in the wilderness and they've gone through daily being fed with manna from the kitchen of God. They've gone through the God giving the, you know, the most profound way that God can even speak to man by giving them the Ten Commandments of Mount Sinai. All the victories that have gone through the 40 years. And to come right to the border, just before they, you know, they can see it. And they know that by that time, they at the border there, there's only the two brothers and Caleb and Joshua. The rest were born in the wilderness. Now they've just found out by God. God says, well, folks, since you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of my people, Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give. Folk, don't let this happen to you. I pray that that does not happen to you and me. Amen. 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 And that's so. What lesson should we take away from the present truth from Moses' failure and God's punishment? That's what I've talked about. Do not allow your frustration, do not allow frustration to get the better of you when you're doing God's work. It'll come, it will come. So who do you think uh, wrote the rest of uh, Deuteronomy after Moses died? Is it Joshua? You're asking me to tell me, sis. Uh, that was, <laughs> yes, in a question come on, form. Come on, come on, come on. Come <laughs> Joshua. On, sis, come on. <laughs> and Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the Mount Pishka. Cross from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land. Can you imagine this, folks? He's already told Moses you'll never get there, but I'll show you. <laughs> you see, we know, we, we know, we know because we have hindsight. We know something that Moses didn't know then. We know that God was going to resurrect. Right? So he's showing Moses this and he's testing Moses' faith in in God, which, which basically means that Moses is going to say, Lord, as beautiful as that land is, I'm fine with what you're preparing for me. Verse 5. And Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Verse 6. He buried him. Can you imagine this, folks? God buried Moses. How special can you be for the Creator Himself to bury you? Yeah, that's special. <laughs> if the Lord were to give you a choice, do you want to be alive until the day I come back? Or do you, do you mind if you that and I'll, I'll bury you personally? Wait, what's the options? Or do you mind if you died and I, God, will bury you? 
I will not allow anybody else to touch you. I will ban you. That's <laughs> choice, eh? You see what I'm saying? It, to me, it's almost like a wash. Either way, God is fine with me. <laughs> I'm in your hands. Yeah. In the valley of opposite path beyond, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Well, uh, if God is buried, how would you know, right? How would we know? How would anyone else know? Verse 9. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hand on him. So Moses kind of knew he was prepping. He prepped Joshua really good. He prepped this guy good. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see anything in the Bible about this guy falling short. Joshua, do you, do you, do you guys know of anything, any wrong thing that Joshua did? That's recorded in the Bible? I can't think of any. You see what I'm saying, right? I mean, yeah. talk about being, being mentored right? by one of the greatest teachers that ever was on this side of God. So the Israelites listened to him, to Joshua, and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So you're right, uh, Joshua. As people agree that he's the one. So how old was Moses when he died? Magic number what, folks? How old was he when he died? 120 years. 120. 120 yeah, years. 120. Yeah. Right? 120 years. The same period that was given by God to Noah. In prepping people to make up to make people decide whether they're gonna enter the ark. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. Same, that one twenty keeps on appearing. Keeps on appearing. How would you feel about dying the way Moses did? I just asked you that question. Right. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter was an eyewitness to the resurrected Moses. We've discussed this. What witness does he point to as having even greater assurance? than what he saw. Let's go to Peter. Second Peter 1, 16 to 18. What does it say? What do these verses say? For we have not followed cunningly devised fear. Peter's talking to new converts now. When we made out unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but what were eyewitnesses of his majesty? 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven we heard, and we were with him in the holy mount. So Peter is recounting the events of the mount, events on Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration. We have also more sure word of prophecy. But around we do well that ye do well that he take heed as unto a light that shineth in the darkness until the day dawn, and the star arise in your hearts. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but by holy men of God, speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Wow. Not only is that the Mount of Transfiguration event recorded in the Gospel, but Peter himself, in his epistle, he recounted it. So in 
the light of the resurrection of Moses, how should we understand Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, and 23? That's last set of slides here, folks. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Verse 21. For since by man came death, by men came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards they that are Christ's at his coming. So how can Christ be the first fruits of the resurrection if Moses was raised before him? I think I posed that question earlier, but I want to see if you got it right. So how can Christ be the first fruits? Why, or why is he called first fruits? Anyone? What is the first fruit? First fruit meaning like um like a regular fruit or yeah, regular fruit. What what okay. is the first fruit? Um I guess when it's in season it's the first one to um come out or Okay, so if it's, if it's the yeah. first there should be other ones that follow it, right? Correct. Yeah, that's why they call it the first fruit, right? So the first fruit was a sign that the harvest was to come. Passover occurred on the first month of the religious year, Nisan. Passover was on Nisan 14. The Feast of the Unleavened Bread was on Nisan 15. And the Feast of the First Fruits was on Nisan 16. The Feast of First Fruits involved waving of the sheaf of barley grain before the Lord. This was to acknowledge God as the source of their harvest and by his goodness that the rest of the harvest would come. The harvest would be a type of the resurrection and the first fruits would be a type of the resurrection of Jesus. So the resurrection of Jesus means that others are going to be resurrected the same way. The second fruits or the other or the the subsequent fruits, right? I mean, there, there's going to be more fruits, not just the second and third, right? The fact that Moses was resurrected in time before Christ does not change the fact that Moses' resurrection was dependent on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the true Lamb. If Jesus had not risen, risen in victory over death, Moses would have had to die again. It was, wouldn't that be so sad if he had to die again? If Jesus didn't, was, yes. was not afraid, right? Yes. Super sad. Yeah. But praise be to God that he rose again. Just before this passage, Paul makes it clear that every resurrection depends on the resurrection of Jesus. See, in First Corinthians, what we have there is First Corinthians 15, 20, 23. But if you look just prior to it, verse 17, on down to 20, you'll see what, uh, what Paul is saying there. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If this is life only, if this is life only, we have hope in Christ. Sorry. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. Uh, Paul is basically saying, without the resurrection, there's no point in us believing. Well done. 
The resurrection is God's seal of approval on the sacrifice that Jesus made to redeem us. Without the resurrection, we have a dead Savior who cannot save anyone. But praise be to God, we don't have a dead Savior, we have a risen Savior. Amen. Amen. What power does Jesus possess that would allow him to resurrect the dead? We've asked that question before. That is a creative power. It's the same power that the same power that he has to create the world. It's the same power that he has to recreate us anew and to resurrect by his word. By his word. How is the idea of fifth degree evolution incompatible with the Bible teaching on the resurrection? So a lot of people are saying that. You know, they, they try to combine evolution and creation. So they're saying that, um, that God used evolution to create complex life forms from simple ancestors. So they're saying, well, evolution is, uh, is not, uh, not anti-creation. It's God allowing, it to, allowing them to happen that way. That's not what evolution is. Right? Evolution is all works by chance. Mm. It basically says, you know, they don't give a reason why this thing would develop an eye and that thing will not develop an eye. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're incompatible. Like I say, our faith depends on believing even the most unbelievable thing only because God, who has never lied to us, has said it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, any um, final thoughts? I'm almost quite a mouthful for the last lesson, but let's just go through the summary summary points here. That's pretty good. The book of Deuteronomy ends with the account of the death and burial of Moses, written obviously by someone other than Moses, most likely Joshua. Okay. The inspired account describe, describes Moses climbing Mount Nebo at 120 years of age with undiminished faculties. But when you read that, it says that even though when he was about to die, his life was still good, ears were good, and his body was still, you know, just like. So 120 years was not, he was, he was not at that all. And the amazing thing is, who led him up to Mount Nebo, folks? God. God. Hmm. So basically, he, he kind of like Enoch. The only difference is that Enoch was taken alive. But Moses just had a little rest before he was taken up by God. Amen. God, he walked with God, right? He walked with God up to Mount Nebo. God showed him earthly paradise, you know, the, the earthly uh, promised land, earthly Canaan. Promised land, and God is was telling him, I don't know what the God told him, but he's trying to point, point him, as good as that is, no eyes have seen what I have prepared for you. Died, God himself buried him, and God resurrected him in spite of the protestations from Satan. His companion on his final climb is the Lord himself, who shows him the promised land, speaks to him there, supports him with an everlasting arm as he returns the breath of life to his creator and who buries him. It is the same divine being who resurrects Moses as we later learn from New Testament writers. The evidence for this resurrection is Moses' appearance with Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the text from Jude that points, and the text from Jude that points to Michael the archangel contending with the devil over the body of Moses. 
A number of texts that mention Michael, the angel of the Lord. A number of texts that mention Michael, the angel of the Lord, and the captain of the Lord's host can be best understood as the divine son of God in his pre-incarnate ministry. The sin of Moses in striking the rock twice with his staff at Kadesh was his disobedience to the Lord's command and his attempt to take credit for the miracle of the water rather than give glory to God. As a result of his lack of faith, both Moses and Aaron were laid to rest before Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan. While Peter was an eyewitness of the transfiguration, he points to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy as an even greater witness to the veracity of God's word and the omnipotence of God. Paul insists that the resurrection of Christ is an essential part of the gospel. Without the resurrection, we are yet in our sins and the dead in Christ perish. Christ's resurrection is the first fruits without which no other resurrection would be possible including the provisional resurrection of Moses. Knowing that Satan is ever ready to tempt us as he tempted Moses, will you pray for God's spirit this week to lead you to faithful obedience, seeking to live to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Final thoughts. Amen. Questions, comments. Do, Anyone? do we know... Um, I guess my question is, do we know how long before the children went into the promised land, they were outside there waiting to go in? Well, it, it, uh, there was between the time they left Egypt, the time they went to the promised land is 40 years, right? 40 years, okay. Exactly. I think uh, I think I read, I think our lesson this quarter basically says that uh, the book of Deuteronomy, was is basically Moses' last message to the people, right? So okay. they called the people and he spoke to them. Yeah. Uh, whether he spoke to them individually, or he spoke to their leaders, and they went and translated. We don't, we don't know. But according to, the, I think it's lesson one or lesson two. We were told there that all the event it took more than about a week or two to give his last message to people. So this is the message given right at the border. Mm. About to cross. So it's about uh, like a week or two. Okay. Uh, if, I, if I remember correct from the first lesson of this call. Wow. Okay. <laughs> After 40 years. Right, uh, right. <laughs> a week or two before they leave and they find out uh, that they, 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 will, they, will, they will not be joining them, him and his brother. Mm. In fact, none of his siblings, him, Miriam had died before them. Yeah. And now the two boys, too. Or the two men. Yeah. Great, great question. Any anyone else? Any other comment or question? Um, I was just wondering when uh, Jacob was wrestling with Christ, if if he was asked to take off his shoes, mm -hmm. the angel. Yes, really great, great, great question. Great question. Anyone know? Mm. I don't think it. it uh, I don't. Uh, it didn't say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't recall having seen whether he was in his shoes or not. I'm not sure. Um, you know, and, 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 go, go ahead. Uh, sorry, no, I was just going to say that that was good points, like how uh, angels always uh, told men not to bow down and worship to them. Right. 
but but with God, he always told them to like take off their shoes or right. Yeah, and then he would not stop them from bowing down to them. Right. He would not stop them. Yeah. Which is and this is what I like about God. He places his gems in the Bible so that because he knew people were gonna come and try and question this, right? Okay. I mean, can you imagine how God in his foresight force all this and put in safety um, you know, mechanism in, in the work to protect the the, uh, the integrity of the work? Because people have tried their best to try and, uh, and discredit it, but they've all fell down flat on their faces in shame and that humiliation. Because the, the, when you try to go against the word, the word will make you look stupid. I mean, I've heard people that thought that they were smart and they start to... Uh, it's like the you know someone's eating his biting his own tail. It's like yeah, it's they they're running around in circles just chasing themselves. It's and I, you know I I've never been anyone to kind of make fun of anyone that uh, um, kind of realizes his mistake. Because for me, if it takes uh, you to become an atheist first, uh, so that you can be humiliated and then find life after that, praise be to God. If you're that stubborn, right? Um, and you know, I, I don't know how many of you know of our, our pastor, Pastor Walter Vine. Uh, he has a, a great general, you know, uh, South African pastor. He's a, uh, I think he was a zoologist by, uh, he, he, he has a PhD in zoology. He was an atheist, complete atheist. Did not believe in God. He's one of our, uh, you know, most well-known pastors, Walter Veit, V-I-E-T-H, Pastor Walter. Um, boy, oh boy, uh, you know, he says, uh, he, he doesn't mean any words, he says, you know, uh, by any means necessary when it comes to salvation, folks, I, I'd love for people to come the easy way, just to listen and come, but some will have to go to the pigsty first. Okay. Uh, some will have to be spoken to and uh, and have uh, um, to spend three nights in the belly of a whale. <laughs> Some will have to uh, uh, be you know smitten, smitten with blindness like Saul was before he became Paul. Good thing about all those events, they all saved, right? They all saved, and for me that that is a main. Uh, goal for, for, for me in, in giving Bible studies and sharing the word uh, with anyone. Their yeah. salvation. Their salvation. If, if, if it takes them laughing at me first initially and then finally finding out later that uh, I was not too off the truth, too, too way off the mark uh, for them to find Christ, praise be to God. They can laugh as much as they want. Yeah. Amen. 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 Okay. Right. Um, I hope uh, your mom is doing well. Um, yes. Chad. So, uh, Whitley Phipps said, it's in the private moments of our, it's, it's in the Crucible. quiet moments of our private personal sufferings mm. that our noblest dreams are born 
and God's blessings are given in compensation for what we've been through. Amen. It's a, it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. And it's amazing, you know, the, the background to that is he was about to go and sing somewhere and then the Lord just told him that thought, gave him that thought. It just came to his mind. And he cannot explain why. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, whatever we read kind of helps us bring thoughts together. So if you focus your mind on the Bible and the spirit of prophecy, you'll find them, you'll find that you speak things that are based on the Bible. It may not basically, it may not quote the Bible exactly, but your, 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 your tone, your words, your arguments, your thoughts are constrained by what you've been reading. The Bible and the Spirit of Prophet, they will guide you. They will guide you and provide words for you to, to use in moments. And that, remember, the Holy Spirit is guiding you in this. So spend time in, 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 in dwelling on the Word. Let 2022 be the year of the Word and the year of obedience, joyful obedience, and, 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 uh, and, and strong faith, strong, never-ending faith in, 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 in God. Amen? Trusting Amen. God. Amen. That's that is my prayer for for this wonderful group. Uh, God bless everyone, and uh, let's share. Sort of, uh, um, you know what? Uh, is Simolo, you still there? I um, I think he left. I don't see him. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, Kella, why don't you uh, close us with a word? Dear Lord, thank you so much for the study of your word for providing the way, the truth, the life to take us home, Lord. And thank you for Jesus. Thank you for showing your love through him. And thank you for, uh, thank you, Jesus, too, for dying for us, despite yeah. all you had to endure. Um, and may we realize, Lord, when we do ask you to come into our hearts, Lord, that you want us to be holy in that um, because that is our our desires, Lord, is to be holy like you. And we just thank you, Lord, that we have so much to look forward to. And even though it gets rough here, even though Satan tries to do whatever to us, Father, may we keep our eyes and, and hearts tuned into you and just trust you no matter what, Lord. And um, because we know that you're going to take care of things and that um, we can just rest in you, Lord. So we thank you for that. We thank you for Brother John, for you continue to be with him um, as he continues to minister for you, Lord, and be with his family. Yes. Uh, be with them in, on the big island. May they continue to have a, a blessed time together, Lord. Um, and also be with Chad and uh, continue to help him and as he supports Auntie Carol. Amen. And please be with Auntie Carol for healing. And thank you for all those that are assisting with her care and her rehab. And we pray you continue to give her strength, Lord. And um, pray for Ash. You be with her and uh, as she ministers for you wherever you take her, Lord. Uh, we ask that you will be close by her side and continue to lead and guide her. And be with all those, Lord, who are um, 
uh, in our study group and those that uh, through our group will come to know you, Lord. Um, may all we do be to your glory and honor. And may we look forward to seeing you soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise be to God. I'll be sending this uh, thing out um, as soon as I can. So. Thank you, bro. Thank, okay, so. Thank you. Okay. Ash. Okay, I see you be there, Ash. So I will make sure I send the things out to those who studied uh, uh, join us uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Good day. See you next Sabbath. I'll be back in Halloween. Okay. Thank you so much. Keep on praying for me. Amen. Okay. God bless. Bye. 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 Thank you for stopping by the Chat Show Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Please remember to come back for more interviews, programs, music, and others that you might enjoy. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel of Chat Show. And I hope you have a great day in the Lord. Aloha.